Hear now the words from Matthew's Gospel, chapter 4, verses 12 through 23. Now when Jesus had heard that John was cast into prison, he departed into Galilee. And leaving Nazareth, he came and dwelt in Capernaum, which is upon the seacoast in the borders of Zabulon and Naphtalim, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, The land of Zabulon and the land of Naphtalim, by the way of the sea beyond Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people which sat in darkness saw great light, and to them which sat in the region and shadow of death, light is sprung up. From that time Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And Jesus walked by the sea of Galilee, saw two brethren, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And he saith unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And they straightway left their nets and followed him. And going on from thence, he saw other two brethren, James the son of Zebedee and John his brother, in a ship with Zebedee their father, mending their nets. And he called them, and they immediately left the ship and their father and followed him. And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. May the Lord bless the reading and hearing of God's word. Let us pray. Almighty God, as we hear the words from the scriptures, speak to our hearts this morning, Lord, and show us the path that we are to go. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. My daughter-in-love, Danielle's father is a missionary in India. In fact, he is there now, this morning. But Danny is also a fisherman. Now, when you go to their place on the river, you know this immediately because you walk in the door and there on all of the walls are all of the fish that he has caught. Mounted or pictures of those fish that didn't get away. When you have conversation with Danny, he knows exactly the best places to fish, the right kind of lure, the right kind of pole, and just exactly the right kind of bait to use in your fishing. And in the eyes of the sportsman, Danny is a successful fisherman. But he takes that a step further, and he uses what he knows about fishing in his work as a missionary fishing for souls in India. Jesus, in our text this morning, 
found some fishermen who were very good at what they did. And Jesus looks at this bunch of individuals and he says to them, Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. This, my friends, is how the foundation of the church grows. Hear that again. Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And this is our foundation as a body of Christ. It's not about the hottest bands that lead the praise and worship. It's not about the lights or the fog machines I've heard, which I can't imagine. It's not about the coffee bars that are set up outside of the sanctuaries. You know, as you follow trends and as you read and hear and possibly even visit, there are more and more churches that are using this philosophy of a gimmick versus the gospel. It seems, in some cases, that God's gospel is not quite good enough to reach folks. So you have to come up with some kind of a gimmick or a gadget to get people in the doors, they say, to keep their attention. And those are the things that grow the church. Never mind the fact that followers of Jesus should have desire to come to God's house and to worship in spirit and in truth, regardless of how entertaining the service is. We want entertainment, it seems, rather than a spirit-filled choir. We use a whole lot of bait, if you will, to bring people into the church today. My two nephews last weekend attended a youth conference that is held in Pigeon Forge every year. Um, this is a conference for youth that has been going on for years and years. It's part of the Scott Dawson uh, Evangelical Movement. Um, it is a huge youth event that draws kids from all over the country for a couple of days in Pigeon Forge. And this year, they kind of deviated. I don't know who they originally had lined up for this conference, because usually the year before, they tell you who's coming next year so that the kids can plan. But this year, Kanye West came. And I pulled up on YouTube to watch just a little bit of this conference. This conference was so packed out 
they had to extend it and bring it another weekend to be able to accommodate all the kids. I heard Kanye leading the kids in a song called Closed on Sunday, You're My Chick-fil-A. I guess you got to be a youth. <laughs> but the point is, all of those youth that came to be a part of that experience, their lives were touched. But I couldn't help but think about the entertainment side of that. And I am, I am so proud and so happy that Kanye West has found his way as a follower of Jesus Christ and the potential that he has for leading our youth, our young adults in the way of Jesus Christ, it's amazing. It's amazing. It's something that I, as a 63-year-old, could never even hope to accomplish. So, Praise the Lord for Kanye West and what he's doing with and for our kids. It is so easy to buy into that entertainment part. I was reading recently about a men's conference that was held around the theme of fishers of men. And this particular conference, they, they went all out. They bought door prizes of rods and reels and lures and tackle boxes and all these giveaways that they were going to use as a part of this conference to get the men into the doors. True to their planning, it was the biggest event that they had held to that point. Bigger crowds meant successful, right? So they hit it with just the right bait to draw in most of the men. But I gotta ask, I gotta stop here for a minute. What is your image when you think about a fisherman? First of all, let me ask, how many fishermen do we have here in our congregation? You know, I have to know my audience. Okay, okay. I didn't look over here. Sorry, guys. <laughs> when you think of a fisherman, what do you think about? <laughs> Worms. I love it. Freezing. <laughs> it's two men in a boat, right? <laughs> yeah, there you go. And we won't get into the depth finders and all that other stuff that, that you guys use nowadays. But, but that simple image of, of a person in a boat sitting and throwing out their pole and waiting. We see them with their box of lures, of which there are so many today. <laughs> we see them with their buckets of live bait that they've taken. And if you watch them long enough, you watch them sit there and they cast into the water and they sit and they wait. They pull it up and they cast again somewhere else. 
and they wait. And when it seems like they're not getting anywhere doing what they're doing, they might move their spot or they might change their bait to try something different. And really, though, that idea of fishing is more about waiting than it is the bait. When you're fishing with a pole, you wait. But our scriptures this morning, they didn't know anything about poles and lures. They were fishermen who cast their nets and brought in the fish. Sometimes we think that the gospel is not enough. It's not powerful enough on its own. I, for one, who have experienced the power of the gospel, can't imagine that. If God has touched your life in a powerful way, it's enough, isn't it? But as I think about this whole fishing thing, you know, I don't think Jesus used a fishing pole. <laughs> I don't think James or John used a fishing pole or Peter or James. They used their nets. And there's some similarities between the nets and the poles. Because bottom line is you have to study the fish. But with a pole, you're sitting waiting for the fish to come to you when you throw out the bait. With a net, you go to where the fish are. You cast that net out and you pull it in. You pull it in. And even when these disciples that are in our scriptures had had a bad night of fishing, along comes Jesus. He took them back out again, and he made them cast their nets yet again. But the story was different this time. Their nets were so full, they were about to break. Above anything else, this showed those gentlemen fishers that Jesus was indeed Lord of the fishing nets. The gospel is sufficient. Christ is sufficient. We don't need to decorate it just to get folks' attention. Scripture says, Preach the word in season and out. What an important truth that is. According to the world, Scripture is out right now. But God's word says, preach the word in season and out. And I know that the right bait draws the bigger crowds, if you will. 
But I don't think anywhere in God's word we hear him say that we're called to draw bigger crowds. We are called to make disciples, teaching those disciples all that Christ himself commanded. So I guess the modern day slogan for us as Christians is to let's be true fishers of men with no bait required. Now, I'm going to make a bold assumption here this morning, and I'm going to assume that every single believer in this room would like to be useful to Christ and his mission. And if that's a wrong assumption, then keep it to yourself. But to be truly useful to Christ, we have to live out the life and the words of Christ. Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. As Christians, it is imperative that we carry out the command to bring people to Christ. And I, and I think we understand that as Christians. But where the rubber really meets the road is, how can we influence others to Christ? I think that one reason that the cry that the church is not growing today as perhaps it did in other times in history. The reason perhaps that we're not reaching the world as we did is because the world has reached into the church more than the church has reached into the world. You cannot save a world if you yourself are walking in darkness. The scripture says, if you belong to the world, the world will love you as its own. However, I have chosen you out of the world, and you don't belong to the world. This is why the world hates you. We've heard over and over that we are to be in the world, but not of the world. And again, Jesus is our example. There was nobody who mixed with sinners so completely as Jesus did. We hear it in our text all the time. He ate with sinners. He walked with sinners. He taught. He was like a physician, if you will. He went among those in the world. 
healing his patients. But somehow there was a space between Jesus and the world. And it's a space that Jesus himself never crossed over. And it's a space that the world never attempted to cross over to him. They never tried to pull him away, if you will. The disciples that Christ called in the early beginning were called to physically come and be a part of his lifestyle to with him to associate with him every day they were to listen to him as he spoke publicly and they were to listen as he taught them privately in the way they watched his miracles they heard his prayers they spent precious time with him. They were allowed to sit at the table with him and even to have their feet washed by him. They remembered his passion and they witnessed his compassion for others. And in time, they caught his spirit. They caught his spirit. And so they learned to be fishers of men. Jesus calls you today. He says, follow me. Catch my spirit. And then you too will be fishers of men. Fishing for men is not like fishing with a pole where you sit and you wait. You have to study the fish, know where they are, and go to them and cast the nets. God has called us here at Red Ridge to cast the nets right where we are. And I promise you, when we do that, the Spirit of God will take care of the rest. So I encourage you this morning to go. Go fish. No better required. Let us pray. Father God, thank you for this time of pulling us away so that we might be encouraged inspired to
to go and do your will in this place where we gather. Father, thank you for the reminder that it's not bait, but love that draws others to you. And may we leave this place to go and show the love that we have received from you so that others may be drawn to that love and in turn drawn to you. In Christ's name we pray.